for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom White, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest coming from the Bay Area, Oakland. We have Lil MC. How's it going today? What's good? I'm feeling good because I'm looking like a half skeleton right now. So, Oh, it's know. all good. It, you know, it's funny because every once in a while, we'll have uh, musicians come on that have like a, I, I don't want to use the word gimmick because that sounds weird, but like they portray like a specific character but they never want to fully commit to it and dress up like we had a uh a, a musician that uh her persona is like she's a cyborg or something mm. and, but she didn't come on the podcast as a cyborg so she just like shut her camera off and it was like really if you're gonna do this come on full steam let's do it let's make it real let's make it fun but no it, it was when you popped on i was like oh <laughs> no, this ain't even my persona, but it low-key is because I'm always doing crazy body paint things. Like my whole artistic aesthetic is to just be creeping, arousing, disturbing, all the things. So you never know what you're going to get. For sure. For sure. That's really cool. And it's awesome that you keeping yourself busy with the, uh, uh, you just got done with the, doing a music video shoot. And then I, we talked about this just briefly that you have a heart out at eight o'clock your time because you're doing a rap battle, which is something I've always been really interested in. I've always kind of watched like the URLs and stuff like that, just because uh, the, that stuff is just so interesting to me that the fact that they can just kind of come up off the top of the dome with that stuff. And it's like, wow, that's really interesting. and cool. So. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of pressure. I, I'm hoping I'll make it in time, but we'll see. Um, I got added kind of last minute. I'm kind of doing the battle as a way to promote my event tomorrow because mm -hmm. I've done this battle with um, this event so many times. It's not yeah. like something that's on my bucket list anymore. Yeah. Plus, I look insane. But um, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. Awesome, awesome. Well, we'll do everything we can to get you out of here on time. And oh, you know. good. I'm not stressing. I'm I'm chilling. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, for anybody that's just getting to meet you for the first time or hearing about you for the first time, kind of take this minute to do a brief overview of who you are and what you're about. All right. So I'm Lil MC. I do a lot of things. I'm a rapper. I'm a singer. I'm a podcaster as well. You know, we on a hiatus for a minute until our studio gets finished being built, but I host a podcast called the Ration Vogue Podcast. I also produce beats. Uh, I'm a hip hop educator. So that's some, another way that uh, I'm, you know, another stream income that I have is I build curriculum. I teach it to kids all the way from kindergarten, all the way to college level, even professors, teach them the history, culture, hip hop, beat making, rapping with the emphasis on women's empowerment in hip hop. Uh, I also curate events. So like I was saying before, I have an all women's hip hop show that I've been working on curating for the past several months. And that's going to be going down tomorrow. I'm not in it. I'm just curating it, but it's called Queens of the Underground and it's a quarterly series. So every uh, three, three, four months, we have a different showcase featuring different artists with a different theme, but it's always all women. And it always features different elements rather than just rappers. It always has like dancers and hosts and DJs and stuff like that. Awesome. Awesome. So it sounds like you're, extremely busy all the time which is 
yeah. a good good place to be this day and age is just keeping yourself busy chasing the dream. Um, they, obviously, so much going on with you. Um, but let, before we kind of jump into the uh, showcase tomorrow, the uh, Hip Hop for Change program that uh, that you kind of mentioned, and then of course your own music and whatnot. Uh, what first in or uh, interested you in hip hop and uh was that kind of like your first love or did you stop in other uh parts of the music world yeah i mean i have been musical my whole life so i started making songs writing songs uh playing instruments when i was around like five or six years old but i mean obviously i loved hip hop music just it being kind of the mainstream music that i was exposed to you know and probably I say like middle school, elementary mm-hmm. school, I was listening to like pop music, <laughs> like yeah. Spice Girls and stuff. But then in middle school, I was listening to a lot of stuff that was on the radio. You know, that was like Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, mm-hmm. out here in the Bay Area at least. Um, and that's what the music I loved. You know, I actually like NWA a lot too. But I didn't start rapping until I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of premised this by saying that I went through a lot of trauma when I got into high school. Mm-hmm. And so I discovered freestyling from an ex of mine and it just you know, I fell in love with it because it became a vehicle for me to kind of express myself and kind of make sense of what was going on internally and externalize that, Mm -hmm. um, kind of sort out all of these like crazy emotions and feelings that I had. Um, and it also provided me with a space to kind of, you know, tell people why I was acting so crazy. So, you know, I, I started rapping at 17 and, you know, I just kind of kept doing it from there until I got to where I am today. Awesome. Awesome. So you're from, Oh, are, are you originally from Oakland or do you no. just, okay. I'm from a small town called Half Moon Bay. It's like 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes south of San Francisco. It's like mm. a little coastal town. Um, that's where I grew up, a little town where everyone knows everything about everybody. So, okay. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know those towns. Those towns are amazing, fun and unique in their own ways. But once you get to a certain point, it's like, I'm good. Yeah, it's beautiful here for sure, but it it's was not very conducive to my healing. Let's just say because yeah. everyone, I mean, I was crazy. You know, I did a lot of crazy things, but it was mostly because people were so quick to um, like ostracize me and demonize mm-hmm. me rather than try and understand why I was acting this way. Mm-hmm. And people just talked and gossiped, and yeah. everyone knew every little detail or like or or the drama manifested into things that weren't really accurate um Mm -hmm. and it just got to this point where i just really didn't care anymore but i needed to get out of this town for sure so i love it for a lot of reasons because it's beautiful but i also definitely it's a little too small for me very fair very fair um so how long have you been living in oakland at this point Mm, so I used to live in oakland you know like for about a year i moved back i moved um I'm actually like in Alameda, which is like right next to Oakland. It's like the island of Oakland. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've been there for about two years. But I mean, I've lived in like San Francisco, Santa Cruz, and Oakland and Alameda from, you know, I mean, for probably like 10 years. I just kind of moved around to all those areas. Yeah, I got you. It's kind of like when I lived or when I grew up in Chicago, we'd move around like different parts of Chicago. And it's like, oh, where are you from Chicago? Cause everybody knows where that's at. If I were to say, Oh, I'm from Lansing, Illinois. Nobody knows where the hell Lansing, Illinois is. So yeah, I get, I get what you're going through. I'm yeah. Not- yeah. I mean, I lived in San Francisco for a lot of years. Um, and then that just got way too, actually also in, in that 
time frame from when I left Tapping Bay. I also lived in Spain. So I've just kind of bounced around oh, wow. in the area and then I kind of went abroad for a little bit. So yeah, I don't really stay in one place for too long, but I yeah. would say definitely Bay Area artist is yeah. what I awesome. call it. Awesome. You know, having that nomadic tendency is very fun and unique and special. I've unintentionally picked up that trait and it's made my life so interesting. So it's, yeah, it's really I think cool. it's easier for people to, it, it helps people kind of sort out and categorize who we are if they're mm -hmm. able to point where we're from, like, oh, I'm a New York artist, California or whatever, but mm -hmm. I've never really fit into those boxes for anything in my life. Mm -hmm. So I don't, yeah, Bay Area represent the Bay, but definitely recognize that I'm, I don't ever feel like I'm really from any certain city. I definitely feel mm -hmm. like I've moved around a lot. For sure, for sure. And so being a Bay Area musician, uh, what's, uh, what's some like, things you've taken away from the city as far as mu musically speaking musically, what are some of the um, experiences you've had trying to be an independent musician in the Bay area? Um, just like any experience or like, like and trying to just like, as far as mu any experience pertaining to music. Um, I mean, I guess that, that's like a, a broad question. So I'll say that, you know, my first, my access point into the Bay Area hip hop scene once I left Half Moon Bay was actually the same, this rap battle that I'm mm. about to go to tonight. Yeah. Coincidentally, I just wanted, I didn't really know where to go. I didn't know how to find my people, my hip hop people. Mm. There's a small hip hop community in Half Moon Bay. Yeah. I wanted to see what was popping in San Francisco in Oakland. So I went to this rap battle in Oakland and I just entered into it. Um, I didn't win the battle, but you know, I obviously impressed people. And then they kind of pointed me to another cipher in the city called return of the cipher that was going on, um, at a club every Sunday night. And I actually won the first time I ever entered that cipher competition, which was pretty dope. And then from there, you know, I just kind of built community from the people that were going to that cipher a lot and the people that were going to the Oakland rap battle a lot. And now those people are like my family, you know? So, mm. um, that was kind of like my access point into the hip hop scene here. And then, you know, obviously now I'm growing to a point where I'm trying to move from an independent artist to more of like a, you know, I would, uh, I'm trying to move into that space where I'll get signed to a label. That's, that's the goal in the next, the next year. So we shall yeah. see. Awesome. Awesome. And so I, how much influence do you, or how much you'd mentioned names like Snoop Dogg and a lot of very California based hip hop acts as people that you grew up, grew up listening to, who are some of your, like specifically more pertaining to your music, who are some of your influences? Yeah. So like when I was talking about, you know, like all of those California rappers, like Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, mm -hmm. even like easy E that's what was played on the radio when I was mm -hmm. in so that's what I was exposed to. But when I started rapping at 17, the artists that I really started researching and studying more were obviously Biggie and Tupac really mm -hmm. influenced me. Um, Lisa Left Eye Lopez from TLC, mm -hmm. Warren Hill, um, Lil Wayne. I love Lil Wayne. Mm -hmm. um, Slug from Atmosphere. Um, who else? Who else? Big, Big L. I love Big L. Mm -hmm. um, Lil Kim. So those were some of my biggest inspirations during the time when I was like 17 or 18. Um, but I mean, right now, my, my influences, I say have changed a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I am influenced really heavily from 
rock and punk because I'm also mm. in a band. I'm in a rock, punk, metal, reggae band. So nice. being able to rap in 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 a band like that is just it it, it just feels so right because. I grew up on listening to like Nirvana and Pink Floyd mm. and Led Zeppelin and The Who and a lot of those like classic rock artists and punk artists. So mm. um, definitely say that my inspirations are kind of like a fusion of punk and hip hop, but I just, and even like reggaeton, like I love mm. like Latin rap right now. I'm like a huge fan of like Bad Bunny and Snow the Product. Mm. And yeah. So yeah, I don't know, man. I'm like a genre bending artist. Like <laughs> I love all all music and I try to find a way to fuse it together in a way that's cohesive and digestible. Yeah, that that's a lot, one of the big things that I love about a lot of the independent musicians right now is when I if I ask them a question of what kind of genre or what kind of genre of music do you play? They can't answer it because it's oh, but I draw influences from blues, hip hop, rap, rock, you know, and it's just you're being authentically yourself as pertaining to, oh, I'm trying to fit in this box of hip hop, you know, whatever it is. So that's, that's really cool that you've kind of got this opportunity to explore your hip hop, uh, like your uh, aspirations of being a hip hop artist, but then you've also got this completely different side of you where you can just headbang it out and thrash metal, punk, you know, like all that fun stuff. So that's really cool that you got both sides of that. It, how do you kind of balance both of those or do you think do you see a world where they just kind of start to melt into one project where you can do like a cypress hill type thing where it's like you got the rock and then the hip-hop well no our, my band is definitely separate we're called fussy parts <laughs> um and i i'm the lead vocalist but i'm definitely not the leader of the band Okay. So that's definitely separate than me as just Lil MC doing all the shit that I do. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I do rap with them. That's the thing. What makes our band so unique is that mm -hmm. I'll sing and I'll scream, but like a lot of what makes our band so dope aside from the, the musicality um, and just every instrumentalist in that band is so phenomenal and good at their craft. They've been mm -hmm. doing it for so many years. It's amazing. But the fact that it's like, you're not expecting to hear a doom song with rap on it. And you're not expecting to hear a reggae song. And then there's like a metal yeah. breakdown and then there's rapping. It's just like all of these things you just don't ever expect. So that's what makes it so dope, but it, it feels so natural and organic for me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't, I, it isn't, it's hard, you know, you have to, it's hard to balance for sure. But I try to, I try my best to find a way to keep my little MC life my fussy parts life. I'm a yeah. Gemini moon. So, I mean, I try to like, I have a lot of different sides of me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I am also a Gemini. So I definitely, uh, understand exactly what you're talking about. I like having this over here and then this over here. So mm -hmm. I, I definitely feel that way too hard. Um, so obviously you'd brought, we talked about, uh, you got the big showcase tomorrow or yeah, tomorrow. Wow. Can't believe tomorrow's Friday already. But yeah. like, this week just was like boom, and it's over. Uh, so, kind of going to a uh, little bit uh, uh, more in depth on the what the showcase is about and what kind of inspired uh, showcasing women in we'll just call it in the entertainment spectrum, just outside of hip hop and whatnot. Yeah. So it's a showcase, like I said, called Queens of the Underground. And I definitely would still classify it as hip hop because I think what the common misconception is, is people associate and affiliate hip hop with just rapping, but <laughs> there's four elements, four artistic elements. 
you know, breaking, DJing, MCing or rapping and graffiti. And then the fifth element is knowledge. And so I try to incorporate as many of those elements as possible, because I think a lot of the times, not only is it important to create spaces for women in hip hop, which is still male dominated, but it's important to highlight women in all of the other elements because people are really only able to name female rappers. They can't name female DJs, female graffiti writers, female producers, female CEOs. Like mm. people are just know the Cardi B's, the Nicki Minaj's. Yeah. And then of those rappers, they only know the rappers that um, fill that hyper-sexualized uh, hyper archetype mm. and really don't see balance when it comes to being exposed to women that have a different narrative or have a different look. And mm. so what's really important about the showcase that I throw is I like to expose people to different types of female artists. It's okay to have the ratchet vibes. I bring yeah. the ratchet vibes, you know, but it's also important to bring other vibes, maybe a neo soul vibe, maybe a conscious vibe, maybe a nerd core vibe. Like yeah. it just different vibes, you know, yeah. like whatever you can have. And then also showcasing like, yo, there's dancers and like, there's also DJs. It's also a host, like an actual MC, not a rapper, like a person that's yeah. hosting the event and like having female vendors and just really creating a space for women to shine. But I think also like, it's definitely, we want men to come. We want our male allies there. It's not mm. like a women's only event. It's just a space where we're, you know, giving women a chance to shine. So it's something I'm super passionate about. I literally put my blood, sweat and tears into this um, with my with my uh, team, mm -hmm. Kayla Love, who also co-founded it with me, I have an amazing team of people helping me as well. So that's going to be tomorrow night um, at the Starline Social Club in downtown Oakland. And we usually have different themes. So this theme mm -hmm. is Oakland-based artists. So mm -hmm. all artists that represent Oakland, all women, and mm -hmm. it's just it's really going to be dope. So I'm excited about it. And this is the third one you've done? Yeah, this is the third one. Next one will hopefully be in August. Gotcha. So did you start this the end of last year? I started it in October of 2021. Yeah. Gotcha. So was this something that you had started working on during the pandemic or were you wanting to launch it? And then the pandemic kind of does what the pandemic does. No, I want, I, I had this idea during the pandemic and initially it wasn't going to be a concert series. I just wanted to throw one show. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, the venue and my partners and the people that attended were like, this is just so dope. Like we, we need to continue doing stuff like this. And so we decided to make it, you know, a recurring platform for women to continue coming back to and beyond even the performance component, you know, we wanted to incorporate, um, you know, like, other ways to support artists where we're mm. providing them with kind of like knowledge about the music industry and um, resources and marketing assets and professional development and all these other things that I found were left out of a lot of the showcases that I was being booked for and like yeah. trying our best to um, fairly compensate artists. You know, obviously it's a little harder when we're just starting, but yeah. Um, yeah, just, just providing like at least a space that's like professionally run, you know, like not mm. just like thrown together haphazardly, like we yeah. give you so much dope shit. We give you photos, we give you videos, we give you your own PowerPoint slide with your yeah. Venmo and like everything on it, like QR codes, like it's yeah. just so well put together. So, you know, put everything I have into this show. That's awesome. That's really cool that you're putting a lot of effort into this to showcase other aspects of the hip hop community that are at reinforcing uh the female the female or the women that are involved in the in the hip-hop industry to try and broaden the mass public's 
uh, knowledge outside of the like the Nicki Minaj's and uh, you know uh, Cardi B's and stuff of that nature. So that that's really cool. And you brought up uh, Snow the Product earlier. I've been following her music for at least three years at this point. I randomly ran across her online somewhere, and her music is just so dope. And yeah, obviously, yeah. So. Love her. She's like my favorite artist right now. My dream. Yeah. I'm trying to tour with her. Come on. Let's yep. manifest that energy. I got you. It, yeah. It's, I tried during the pandemic to reach out to her to get her on the podcast, but it just didn't, uh, yeah, it didn't end up happening. Cause I, you know, sometimes when musicians want to hide how to get a hold of them, they're really good at doing that. So. Yeah, she's she really blowing up right now too. She's like selling out on her own tour. I just actually saw her in concert like two weeks ago and it was a mm. sold out show. And I mean she was saying that every every show that she has across the country is sold out. So it's just dope. She's an independent artist that's able to do that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So obviously anybody that's watching right now sees you in your full body paint setup. You just got done shooting a music video. Uh is this for a song that's been released yet or is this for like a whole new project? Yeah, it's a new song. Um, initially what we were doing, so I have like this really dope team, my homegirl body paints and my homie, he, he's just an amazing uh, videographer and we just like shooting dope shit. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, like for a music video, but we started shooting and it was just going to be kind of promotional content and cover art for an upcoming single. But then we're like, oh, we have enough to legit make this a music video and we just need to take film a couple more shots. So it just kind of um, evolved into being a music video shoot for the song that is unreleased, but I'm really excited about it. It's, it's called Don't Negotiate My Price. It's pretty much just about people not trying to talk me down out of the money that I'm worth because yeah. I feel like that happens a lot, especially as a woman. And so just kind of like, a, you know, it's a fun anthemic type of song like just filled with punchlines it's just all punchlines yeah. much so nice. <laughs> yeah that's awesome and how long has that song kind of been in the works is this something that's been going for a minute or have you is it more of a recent song that you've written yeah it's recent um i i recorded it down in la mm. three weeks ago maybe okay. so wow. i'm about to get the the full mixes back today actually Hopefully we'll have the cover art done after, you know, this, this shoot in a couple of days, then it takes like, you know, four to six weeks to distribute after I, you know, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. push everything through to my distributor. So hopefully it'll be out in like July or August. We'll see. <laughs> awesome. I dig it. Can't wait to check it out. Cause I was listening to your, uh, I was running through your Spotify playlist this morning and just kind of listening to some of your music and uh, definitely wanted to talk about your most recent single, which was uh, Ain't No Checking For You, which is, I, I when I was first uh, reached out to you, I hadn't listened to all your music, but I started listening to this one and I was just like, wow, this is amazing. And uh, how, how long ago did you release uh, Ain't No Checking For You? Um, Man, when did we release that? <laughs> I don't remember. It must have been like three months ago. Okay. Oh my so, God. Honestly, like it escaped the, the actual date is escaping me. Mm -hmm. April Fool's Day. Was it April Fool's Day? Man, I can't remember. Um, because we, it, it did, it was a long process mm -hmm. to record. So it actually came to be because the featured artist on that track is Velda Wonder. She's mm -hmm. the first artist that I booked to headline Queens of the Underground back in October. Oh, wow. Nice. So 
I, I'm a huge fan of hers. So I, um, wanted, you know, I got her for a feature. We went down to LA, we recorded it together and we've been working on the music video. I've been going down to LA, you know, every month or so working on the music video. So, um, that song is out, but the music video is going to drop probably in July. And it's like a mm. crazy sin city inspired type of music video of just like, um, like a bunch of dope female rappers. Um, last the, the Brujas from LA, they're, a uh, trio of female rappers who are mm -hmm. all Latina. So they're super fire and they are all cameos in the video as well with me and Bill. So mm -hmm. it's just like, we're all kind of like, looked like um, Rosario Dawson's character in Sin City, if you mm -hmm. remember that part. Um, and so it's like very comic book inspired, but yeah. it's super dope. So um, hopefully that'll come, that'll be coming out in July. Awesome. I can't, can't wait to check that one out either. You know, it's, um, so and being that you're so busy with writing music, producing, you know, doing the music videos and of course doing the uh, show, uh, the quarterly showcases and of course running your curriculum of uh, hip hop education. Uh, how do you kind of balance your time? Like I'm, obviously the most valuable thing in this world is your time. How do you kind of balance everything to make sure one thing isn't getting neglected or, you know, you, yeah. Oh my God. I mean, it's really hard. I'm also a mom. My son's in the other room right now. So, and I'm also like super focused on my mental health. Cause like I said before, like I've gone through a lot in my life and I'm not like healed, you know, it's all still a process. So yeah. it is definitely something that I have to balance everything. And, uh, I'm at this point where I just kind of wake up every day and I grind until I go to sleep. And what motivates me to do that is that I feel like I'm at the precipice of getting to a place where I'm going to have the support that I need. Um, mm. I'm really like, I feel like I'm this close to getting that, getting that label contract. I just need to keep pushing. So, um, I, the way I keep it balanced is I'm just super organized. Like I quit drinking two years ago. Mm. So that's allowed me, um, to have a lot more focus and just stay on top of everything. Mm -hmm. um, if I've noticed things slipping through the cracks and I try to attenuate to that, but I think the best thing I can say is I just try to incorporate as much mental health regimen into my schedule as possible. I try mm -hmm. to journal every morning. I try to meditate every day. I work out like a crazy person, like a box mm -hmm. every single day, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I do therapy twice a week. So I try to incorporate those things so that I stay grounded and that I'm, you mm -hmm. know, aware like, Oh, you're working too much. You need to maybe like take a day off, which is yeah. like really hard for me to do. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Do you have that friend that'll just tell you like it is and that that'll like keep you grounded or is that more of something or like you just rely on uh, like your therapist or somebody else to. <laughs> I mean, I think everyone will kind of be like, you want to take a break, but it's just, it's hard for me to take a break mm -hmm. when you know that I know I have the formula in my head of mm -hmm. how to get to here. Mm -hmm. and I have the knowledge and the resources to get there. So it's really hard for me to just go and take a two week vacation when yeah. everything that I've worked for and all this momentum is building so I can get to this place and then hopefully take a vacation. So, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the best advice that I try to give myself is just to try and give myself days off at least mm. every couple weeks or like once a week, yeah. try not to do too much. Um, 
but yeah, I think my friends try to tell me things, but you know, at the end of the day, I don't, <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to what people tell me, but I'll make my own choice, you know, cause yeah. I feel like I know what's best for me. Yeah. All right. Luckily, unluckily for me, I've still got that one or two buddies from back home from back in the day that'll just come out of nowhere and say, dude, you suck. What are you doing? And they'll just, <laughs> just lay it out there. And it's like, I, no, they don't know what the hell they're talking about, but they just kind of keep me in line. And it's like, okay, thanks. I'm going to go cry in the corner now. Thanks. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. And then also you brought up uh, being worried about, or trying to find time to like just re-energize and kind of forcing yourself to take the day off. Cause I've definitely found myself in the same shoes of, oh, I could take this 10 day vacation and go just enjoy my life or I could take that 10 days that I'm taking off from the nine to five and work 10 times harder to make live and amplified what I want it to be. And that's nine times out of 10, what I end up doing. And then I come back and I'm dead tired and I go to work and everybody's like, why are you so tired? You just got back from vacation. I was like, I worked harder on vacation than I have here in three months. So Obviously that's not something they want to hear, but yeah, no, it's, it's hard when you're an artist because, uh, nine to fivers are not going to understand the artist. Yeah. Are are you a full-time musician at this point or are you still, uh, pulling a job somewhere? I mean, I'm self-employed, but I, like I said, so I, I, yeah, full-time music. I mean, I don't know, full-time independent contractor that, that teaches curriculum yeah artist event curator yeah anything artistic you know that's what i do but then um i get a a lot of supplemental income from teaching so okay so teaching teaching's Mm -hmm. your thing and then everything it's like hip-hop that i'm teaching like i'm not teaching like yeah yeah yeah. you know history like i mean i am teaching the history of hip-hop but i'm not i'm not teaching like a, a regular school curriculum. I get booked to teach at different schools for different mm. contracts or lectures or, mm. you know, things of that nature. And, um, I work on building curriculum. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's what I do. Um, it's hard because, you know, being self-employed means that that's the other thing. It's like, it's hard for me to take seven days off when I'm relying on myself. I don't have yeah. that, that check that's going to come yeah. every, like, you know, I have to make sure I have gigs booked. So I have money. And then a lot of the money I get goes back into artistry, which people yep. really don't understand how expensive it is like to pay for everything mm-hmm. pay for this, to pay for the video, to pay yep. for the, the recording studio, the mixing, the mastering, the marketing, like it's just, it's all money. So, and you have to mm. keep going. So yep. that's kind of another reason why I grind so hard. Yeah. It's a, it's a vicious cycle of, keeping the money flowing so that you can keep your dream alive but you also need that money flowing to keep your life like just like i I mean that was a really weird way to put it but it like it still makes sense because you've got to like a maintain a house you got to make sure the bills are paid the food's in the fridge the kids able to eat you know because that that's all important too so exactly um yeah a lot of pressure so it's not to let the pressure get to us for sure. For sure. So you brought up that, uh, like education is your big mate or like your big income generator, which is that the hip hop for change that we talked about. How long have you been doing that? Or how long have you been curating that curriculum? So, yeah, I've been working with hip hop for change. Oh my gosh. It must be like 
five years now, I guess. Huh? That's crazy. Maybe four years, five years. Um, but now I also, you know, work for other nonprofits too. Um, mm -hmm. but we're the main nonprofit that I work for. Um, and then sometimes I'll just get booked independently, um, mm -hmm. outside of being under the umbrella of any nonprofit, but yeah. So, I mean, I've been, been teaching with them for a long time. And as I've kind of developed the ability to teach and just, I, I have built so many different curriculums, like a beat making curriculum or mm -hmm. a rhyme writing curriculum or performance curriculum, whatever it just becomes really, um, it, it becomes really easy for me to facilitate these classes. So it doesn't require as much energy. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to teach more and, you know, I'm able to, to increase my pay rate because I can teach at such a high level and I can teach a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Like I can teach kids to make beats, to rap, to DJ, yeah. to do graffiti, the history, like yeah. most you know, educators probably specialize in one of those elements and yeah. I can, and I'm bilingual too. So I can teach the Spanish classes as well. So, nice. um, I've increased my rate. So it's, I, I'm able to, you know, really fund my artistry and live a somewhat comfortable life yeah. with that. Um, but obviously, you know, we trying to hustle and grind so we can yeah make music, mm -hmm. make music your full-time thing or well, not that music isn't your full-time thing, but no, definitely being paid from the music. So the music don't pay that much, you know, it doesn't mm -hmm. pay as much as it costs. And yeah. I would love to get to a space where it is at least paying for itself. Mm -hmm. And I'm not in that space quite yet. Yeah. I completely understood. You know, he, he, we brought up hip hop for change and it got me thinking about all the different, um, like in the various communities that we found ourselves in, in live and amplified, like we went and visited Salt Lake city, Utah, and just seeing all these different hip hop. Some of them are nonprofits. Some of them are for profit, pro for profit, like situations where they're just trying to, uh, bring the youth into it, the hip hop culture and educate them about it. Like there's this place out in Salt Lake city that they're a little bit more, uh, break dancing heavy. Like that's kind of their main focus, but they also do a little DJing, a little hip hop, and that's kind of where it is. But like all these different education centers that bring kids in and teach them about hip hop and the culture and all that stuff. That's really been cool. And I never knew stuff like that existed growing up, you know, it was always just, oh, what was on the radio or what you learned from your friends or their big brother, you know, like whatever the situation was. Um, so it's really cool that nowadays that there's these places that you can go to learn about something that you have an interest in, especially in like hip hop. Yeah. I mean, I think there's so much value in teaching kids the history of this culture. I just had this conversation um, with one of my artists on a live stream today. Mm -hmm. uh, all these kids just become rappers from TikTok and mm. they're never part of the culture. They never built with the culture. They don't know anything about the history mm. or the legacy from which they are, you know, kind of exploiting for their own benefit mm. for lack of a better term. But it feels yeah. like, that, you know, because to just kind of enter into a space because it's a cultural phenomenon right now without any ideas about the predecessors that had to work their asses off to get it to the space that it is now. Mm. And then you just use it for, as your own platform without paying homage to any of those, you know, uh, uh, yeah. pioneers that came before. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It, it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit mm -hmm. um, because I see these TikTok rappers like blowing up and then going on tours and all this stuff. And it's like, but you ain't really in the hip hop culture. You just opening up your phone and, and are able to write a, a good rap. You know, I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way. But yeah. I think that understanding the history that we're all kind of um, 
impacted by is important mm. because hip hop yeah. is transcendent. You know, it's in everything. It's the Super Bowl halftime show, you know? Yeah. So it's like everyone is impacted by hip hop, whether or not you are a practitioner of it. So mm. it's just important and valuable for people to understand the cultural roots that it has um, before they enter into that culture. I think. Oh yeah, for sure. But to, to kind of expand upon what you're talking about, all these TikTok, rap, TikTok rappers that are just kind of blowing up overnight. And I mean, even that's not fair because I'm sure there was a certain level of uh, work that they had to do to get to where they're at. But they're like you had mentioned, they're not really in the culture like that. They're just kind of going on TikTok because they can write a good rhyme or make a good beat or whatever it is they're not setting themselves up for a long-term success. They're going to go blow up and make as much money as quick as they can. And then just try and live off of that one success. Like it, it's definitely, I've seen, it feels like we're in a world of let's try and be that one hit wonder. Let's try and be that, uh, you know, like name any one hit wonder from the nineties and two thousands that is synonymously known for that one song. And they're still living off that song. It's hit a lick culture. Everybody is yeah. trying to hit a lick. Like everyone is trying to go viral. Everyone's trying to just make one hit record that people take one snippet of it and do a million TikTok dances to. And I get it. You know, TikTok is a platform where people that have no talent are able to become famous. And that's mm. kind of the shift that we've seen where fame has nothing to do with talent anymore. Mm. It just has to do with like personalities. And that mm. comes from, you know, um, uh, what is it called? That type of TV where, uh, oh my God, the name Shock of the TV, TV or um, um, reality TV. There you go. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so it's like, you know, I was watching this documentary and, and uh, a bunch of like famous actors and singers and artists were saying like, you know, we, we recognize that fame was an unfortunate consequence of being really, really good at something. And mm -hmm. it was hard for them to escape being, you know, just swarmed everywhere they went because people knew who they were because they were a really talented actor or musician or what have you. Mm -hmm. But now it's like people just want to be famous and they don't have skills. They're just someone that like put a sex tape out or someone that just, you know, said some raunchy thing and mm -hmm. put it on live. It's just, it's just an interesting shift. I see not necessarily like, you know, a bad thing. It's just an yeah. interesting thing where it's like, I would like to, I would like the artist pool to be less saturated with people that are just clout chasing because they mm. want fame and more um, and, and seeing more artists that are actually talented because mm. a lot of artists that are actually talented don't have those other skill sets that give them the space and platform to actually be successful because it's so much more than art. You know, it's mm. like the personality, the ability to interview what you wear, like your energy on stage, all these other things are now like almost more important than the art itself. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, just an interesting observation. I've yeah, made. for sure. For sure. So, uh, you're getting, I just realized what time it was. I don't want to take up too much more of your time since you got this heart out for the, uh, rap battle tonight. Wait, as you're kind of preparing for this, I know you'd mentioned this is something you're not sweating as much as you normally would. Cause you've done, done this battle before, but as you're kind of preparing for this rap battle tonight, what's kind of going through your mind? I mean, I hope I still will make it in time where like they'll be able to put me on the list. It was something I just like asked last minute to join because mm. the the people that curate this event are like my family. Um, 
Jamie DeWolf hosts this event. It's called the Ruckus Rumpus Revival, formerly known as Regrets Without Regrets before they had to change the name because people were offended. So um, he's filmed my music videos for me. Like, you know, he's my guy. So I I just ha- hit him up and was like, yo, I got, I got an event, um, you know, my events tomorrow. I was hoping I could join the rap battle, help promote it. And he's like, oh yeah, for sure. So I'm not really sweating it because my main objective is to promote my show. And mm. if um, I don't get an opportunity to battle because I don't make it on the list and I'm not really tripping, I'll still, you know, yeah. chop it up with people. If I do make it in the rap battle, dope. Um, I'm like freestyling for me just comes so easily. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest difficulty I have with these rap battles that everyone that participates in it is like my friend. And so it's really hard for me to be mean to them. (laughs) So what usually ends up happening is we end up complimenting each other. So, um, if it's people I don't know, then I'm going to annihilate you. But if it's my friends then it's like, Oh no, I don't want to be mean to you. But freestyling is, that's what I started doing. That's why people started, you know, giving me a space to rap was because I was, I've just always been really good at freestyling. So. Mm. Gotcha. And was free like when you were started listening to hip hop, was freestyle something that you were introduced to early or early on in your musical journey? Or was it like something that you just kind of uh, picked up later on? So as far as like my hip hop career, it started yeah. with, it started with freestyling. When okay. I was 17, my introduction to rapping was freestyling. Okay. Like, you know, I was in the car with my homies and my ex-boyfriend at the time, and he showed us what freestyling was. And I was like, oh, this is fun. Like, you just make up rhymes on the spot. And mind you, I've been writing songs since I was five. Like, yeah. I've been writing musicals, like, yeah. since I was five, you know? So writing songs is just, like, so easy for me. And then to just do it on the spot was, like, an extra challenge. And so, yeah, that was my entry point into rapping. And, yeah, I definitely um, became obsessed with it. Like, it was my... It was like my narcotic, you know, like I was freestyling all the time. I freestyled in class. I freestyled at parties on the mm. streets to random people. Like I was that person. They're like, yo, she needs to shut up. She won't stop trying to start ciphers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's, that's really cool that it was something that just kind of seemed to come natural to you. Like you were exposed to it. You didn't know what it was. Somebody was like, Hey, here's this thing called freestyling. And then you just, it just started to click. That's really that it the fact that you found something so naturally so quickly is really awesome so um before but before we start to wrap this up um i feel like we could sit here for another hour and just going over a whole bunch of stuff that you know we i just wanted to make sure we hit the uh the important topics of like make sure you got all your promo and stuff out there um for anybody that's thinking about attending uh, the showcase tomorrow night what can they expect when they get there so we're going to have the DJ start spinning tracks, DJ Sony Creation, right at 8 p.m. You're going to walk in the door. You're going to see a bunch of really dope female businesses vending, um, you know, from jewelry to clothing, um, you know, all sorts of cool stuff. Um, might even have some CMOS there. Yes. And then the, the performances will start right at 9. There's going to be a poet that starts. And then we're going to have some rap performances. Uh, a turf dance crew is going to kind of break up the rap performances. And then we'll have our headliner, Ali Cocaine, who is a Oakland native. So I'm super excited to have her out. Mm. We're going to have our host, um, Snowy G, who's going to be kind of, you know, moderating the energy the whole night. We'll have, you know, really dope, cool PowerPoint slides projected yes. on the screen. So we'll be shouting out a lot of people throughout the night. And yeah, it's just going to be it's going to be a, a night to dedicate to Oakland music, Oakland women, and just women in hip hop in general. 
Awesome. Awesome. I wish I could make it out there, but Oakland's a bit of a trip for me. I live in, I live in Texas and that's not a trip that I could make overnight, but um, hopefully in, in the future, we'll be able to make it out there and, you know, just uh, as live and amplified in general, I grew up in Chicago and my uh, business partner, he grew up on the East coast. So we both definitely have different tastes in music. He was exposed to the Wu-Tang clan early on and me, it was more, Eminem, Techna, and stuff like that. So we definitely have different uh, tastes in hip hop. So, and then of course the whole West Coast scene. Everybody that listens to hip hop knows what's going on there. So, um, I, that's really awesome that you're putting this out there for all the females in hip hop and just kind of, you know, sh uh, shining a light on what you guys got going on in Oakland and the Bay Area in general. And then of course the it's up. If they're watching this podcast or listening to this podcast right now, it's a little late to make it out to the rap battle. But, you know, the fact that is that something that you still do regularly or is it? Um, I will do probably like a couple times a year. I'll perform. Mm. I do like written compliment battles against mm. people. I've yeah. done rap battles where I was Voldemort against Dumbledore. So Jamie, who hosts it, will have me do stuff, you know, probably two or three times a year for this yeah. event. It just depends. So yeah, you'll definitely, if, if definitely check out Ruckus Rumpus Revival if you're in Oakland. It's the, they were doing it the first Thursday of every month, but because of COVID, it's not quite as frequent, but yeah, yeah if you're around, check it out. Awesome. Awesome. So you, that's something you do every once in a while, but it's, you've got so much other stuff on your schedule. It, it makes complete sense that at some point, something's got to give. Yes, but, exactly. Can't do them all. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, before we wrap this up, though, there's one game that we play with every musician that comes on here. It's called okay. Rapid Fire Randomness. I'm going to ask you 10 random questions that come up off this random question generator, and you just got to ask them or answer them as quickly as you can okay. without any real worry about repercussion or thought. It's just fun. So, Please don't get offended if the question is weirdly worded or whatever. It is just all in fun. Okay. What is the most politically incorrect part about The Office, the TV show? Michael Scott. In what area would you want to be a genius? Hip-hop. How many dollars do you spend at your typical grocery store visit? Oh, like 60 what is your biggest fear? Robots. Who is your current celebrity crush? Ooh. Oh my God, that's hard. Okay, I want to think fast. Edward from Twilight was my original crush. That works. Uh, uh, how, many, how many countries have you visited? I don't know, probably like 20. Okay. That's what hard is, to think fast. <laughs> What is the best gift you've ever received? I'm going to be corny. My child, best gift for sure. Out of everyone around you in your life, who could you who could go the longest without a shower and not bother you? <laughs> no one. I don't like people that don't shower and are around me because then I got to smell them. <laughs> hmm. And then final question. What is your favorite moment from your childhood? Oh my God, these are so hard. Um, my favorite childhood moment. 
don't even know. Um, maybe when I went down to the Grand Canyon and like to have a soup out with all those waterfalls, that was pretty dope. Nice. Awesome. And that was rapid fire randomness. It's that just was hard. It just breaks up. It, it brings in different questions that I don't think to ask. So it's, it's all in good fun. Never meant to be taken too seriously. It's amazing how many people just take it way too seriously. <laughs> it's, it's not that serious, but yeah, it's, um, not, that it's not a game. But, yeah. But uh, really appreciate you giving us the time to sit down and chat. And whenever you want to come back on, love to have you back on and definitely a million more things that we could jump into about what got you into music and all that fun stuff. But um, for anybody that wants to check out the showcase tomorrow or any future showcases or just your music in general, where's the, uh, where's the best place for them to interact with you on social or find out uh, more about what you got going on? Yeah. Follow me on Instagram. It's where I kind of post everything and keep everyone updated. It's lilmc.music, L-I-L-M-C.music. I also have a website, lilmcmusic.com. You can find out about Queens of the Underground at queensoftheunderground.com. Yeah, I just, you know, find me lilmc on, on everything. Awesome. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us. It's been an absolute blast. Um, and thank you for everybody that's been hanging out with us all night. Uh, we really appreciate you. And thank you for everybody that's been supporting us the last two years. It's been a the hell of a journey through COVID and all that stuff. And especially the last few months where we've made this transition from streaming on Facebook over to Twitch and trying to build our community on Twitch. So if you're listening or watching with us live on Twitch right now, and you're not following us, please do a, give us a follow. We're, like I said, trying to build this community and just keep supporting independent music because independent musicians are some of the most talented, hardworking people I've ever met and they deserve the platform to, and a place to be heard and, you know, make a living at what they love doing. So that's what we want to do is to help support independent music, but that's enough for my soapbox. Uh, Will MC, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you everybody for tuning in and we will catch you all later. All right. We're good. Thank you so much. Appreciate you.